Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the World Cup Review Show. It's a show that could probably beat Wales, or at least play out a nil-nil draw. On today's pod we're looking back on a week's worth of World Cup action, from the upsets to the memorable games, from the VAR calls to Son Hung Min crying like a little baby. We'll also be bracing ourselves for England v Wales this evening, a battle of Britain no less, featuring one side with three players as mobile as Douglas Barder, one for the older contingent there. So let's get stuck into it by introducing my tournament teammate, it's Tom Young. Hi Tom. Hey, how's it going? I like it, tournament teammate. Usually it's top flight cohort. We switch <laughs> yes. Off. I like it, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always a fan of the alliteration. Um, yeah, I've told you off there, and apologies to everyone listening in if I sound, I am ropey as fuck today. It's uh, a bug that's gone round, I feel like death warmed up, so it's, it's hit my throat today. So yeah, um, apologies if I sound a bit hoarse. Are you there, Tom? I am here. Are we all good? <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Yes. Yeah, I just... No, just, I, you, you, I, I thought you were going to carry on speaking. I didn't think that was the right, <laughs> right moment for me to sneak in. So, uh, I, yeah, apologies. I am here. <laughs> this pod has gone off to a crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a nightmare. It's been there, a nightmare. There was also but... two false starts before we even started because first my wife phoned up as I was pressing record and then after that, I had the wrong intro, so yeah, it's a bit of a mare, but let's pick ever it up. Ever the professionals, ever the professionals. <laughs> it, can only, it can only get better from here. So the few people listening who haven't turned us off at this point, um, <laughs> we, we last did a review last Wednesday, um, so pretty much a full week. So let's begin with England and Wales, last Friday's games before we look ahead to tonight. Um, let's start with the three Lions. They look so good against the Ran. Um, and then... I don't know what happened. It was just a typically unadventurous performance against the USA. Does that entirely fall upon Southgate, or do the players need to take some of the blame for that? There, there needs to be some blame with the players who underperformed. Nate, particularly the bigger players who somehow never seemed to come in for criticism. Particularly Harry Kane, yeah. who I thought was really poor against the uh, against the United States. But Southgate's decision making just continues to just frustrate me and I think I've never seen Twitter so sort of in unison in the belief of the same the same thing when it comes to football which is why was Phil Foden not on the pitch why did why is Phil Foden not starting these games and if he's not going to start him for whatever reason for his, his, his love for Mason Mount whatever it may be that game was made for a Phil Foden to come on. England lacked any creativity in between the midfield and attack. You've got one of, for me, the player that this England squad should be built around in Phil Foden sitting on the bench. And then with 20 minutes to go, he goes and brings on Jordan Henderson and, and doesn't even doesn't even bring Phil Foden on. Even for, for a minute at the end of the game, he didn't, he didn't step foot on the pitch, which baffled my brain because I thought first half the USA were good. I thought they came out and they sort of they looked to try and catch us early and, and and sit on that lead, which I think was a fair sort of tactic to have and a decent mindset to have to come out and go fat and come out quickly. But I thought they tired in that second half and I thought the game was there for the taking with sort of hmm. twenty five minutes to twenty five minutes, half an hour to go. But it's just a negative mindset of Southgate and in reality a draw isn't a bad result because if we go and win tonight, we'll top the group. Fantastic! We can't ask for more than that. Like that's that's what we need. That's what we wanted. That was the objective at the start of the tournament. But 
I think you want to be setting the tone for the rest of the tournament. You want to be showing these other nations that we are a team to be feared. And there was nothing from that England performance on Friday. If you're Brazil, if you're France, if you're Spain, if you're any of these nations who are, who are expected to go deep into the tournament like England, you don't watch that performance and think they're going to, we're going to struggle against them. So, hmm. yeah, um, I've I've absolutely waffled there. But in in answer to the initial question, uh, some some blame with the players who didn't who didn't perform. But I think the the majority of the blame lies with um, with Gareth Southgate, who I think got his decisions wrong again. Well, on the lack of fear factor, that the same goes for Wales too. To be honest, because going into the tournament, I thought, okay, you know, Wales, we're going to lose to England. Um, probably put up a good fight, but we're going to you know, lose 2-0 or something. Uh, and it's the other two games which will hopefully get us through. But now, I mean, you look back at the last eight games for England, going right back to last spring, um, they've won one of the last eight. Uh, yeah. In, in those seven games, uh, if you take kind of the Iran game out of the equation, in those uh, other seven games, they failed to score in five of those games. And they've looked uninspiring and predictable. So that does give hope. For Wales, you know, can't help but not give hope for that Welsh team looking on and saying we we might have a beating of these lads here. Um, on Phil Foden, every major tournament, there's one player. Someone worded it perfectly on Twitter. They said, "Isn't it funny that England's best player in every major tournament is always the one, according to the fans, is always the one sitting on the bench?" And I think yeah. that's a fair point. There is always one player who the fans say, "Why why isn't he being selected?" You could go back two years to to Jack. Grealish. Everyone was saying, get Grealish on, give him more minutes. What's different this time is, last time with Jack Grealish, for example, at the Euros, people were saying, Southgate's too dull, too unadventurous, he's not playing Jack Grealish as a consequence. You know, me sitting here typing on Twitter, I have a difference of opinion to Gareth Southgate. This time with Foden, everyone, everyone with that fail was baffled. I mean, it's not even a case of, you know, okay, he has a difference of opinion. It's a case of, no, I don't understand why this player isn't playing for England because he's England's best player. And furthermore, he's exactly the kind of player who can disrupt and change the narrative of a game. And when the game is as dull as that USA game, oh my God, it was crying out for Phil Foden. There was no downsides, only potential upsides. And yeah. I, I just could not make head or tail of it. Um, as for the game itself, it was so dull that I had to write about it the next day. And I, I woke up the next day, and honestly, Tom, I couldn't remember a single bloody thing about it. No, no. And I, to be honest, I, I think if I'd had to write a, a report, an on-the-whistle report, I'd have struggled to, yes. get, yeah. to get a report out that, that was of substance for someone to read because there was so little that went on in the game. And it was, yeah, it was just so far away from what we saw against Iran and I like I've said to you and I'm I'm one of these fake England fans who when we're doing well and yeah come on England love England and, and then when we when we're struggling I couldn't care less and I don't I don't profess to be anything but that but when you when you watch how good we were against Iran and we looked like we were every time we got into the final third we were going to create opportunities and everyone was getting involved Harry Kane didn't score but he set up too and he was getting in the right areas and and then you watch that against against the United States where we just didn't seem to know what... It didn't look like we had a plan. It didn't look like that team were told by Southgate before the game, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to win the game. Because when... it just There was nothing there. I, I don't know how to explain it. But like you say, it was so uneventful 
the, the the United States had the better chances, to be honest, to to win the game in particularly in that first half. But we were just we were so far away from what we were against Iran, and then it begs the question of what what happens tonight. Would do we go like we could see an England side that come out and and tear Wales apart? But I wouldn't be surprised at all if Wales go and beat us. So it's just it they blow so hot and cold England, and we've seen that over the course of two games, but. This year, like you said, we've. I think that Iran was our first competitive win of the year, and we kind of forgot how bad we'd been before that. And then yeah, it's now it's now reared its ugly head again with the uh, with the performance against against the United States on Friday. It was a reality check, and maybe it's good to get a reality check out of the way in the second game. I mean, you look back at the Scotland game at the Euros, and uh, very similar vein to that. Um, so maybe it's a positive in the long run, but right now it does feel like England have just. They took two giant leaps forward and now just took one giant leap back, almost of their own volition, which yeah. just baffles me. Um, moving on to Wales, did you see Wales see Iran? Uh, I did. I, well, I saw, I didn't see the first half because um, I was on a call, but I watched the second half and I was I was very, very disappointed with what I saw from Wales. But on, with, with credit to Iran, I thought Iran looked... Good. Like I do think Iran played some good football, and Iran were full were full credit for and fully deserved the victory. But Wales were terrible. Yeah, we, we were. I mean, throughout we were terrible, and it was the most un-Wales like performance I've seen yeah. for ten years. Uh, and we chose that moment to do so. A lot of it has been put on the fact that Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, Joe Allen are clearly not fit. Um, Ramsey's just getting bypassed far too easy in midfield. Bale is all but anonymous. Joe Allen comes on for the last kind of 10 minutes and makes two very costly mistakes, which is very un-Joe Allen-like. Um, so there's a lot of criticism on Twitter for Robert Page, Rob Page going with these players. And I kind of put, put a tweet out about it, and I feel quite strongly about it. Basically, and I don't mean this to be patronised in any way, shape or form to, to, to the English, but... You've been spoiled rotten for years. You know, yeah. if you've got a great player and he's coming to the end of his his kind of best days, then usually, almost always, you've got a very good player in his position who's coming through who who will replace him. Um, you know, we can use countless examples of that happening. Whereas Wales, we've just had this great generation who this finally they've got a World Cup. They've got to a World Cup at the end of their careers. Now these players have took us to two Euros. They've given us memories that we'll always cherish. They've, they've basically restored pride back into a country in a sporting sense. Um, and so we can't, you can't drop Aaron Ramsey just because, oh yeah, we need a bit more energy in midfield. We, he had to go for the sentimental choice, which is to play these players because not only are they are our best technical players, but also, they've done everything over a long course of a career to get us here, to make this a reality. It would be absolutely cold in the extreme to, to say, drop Aaron Ramsey for Andy Morell, for example. Um, so I'm fully behind Rob Page's decision to stick with these players because we're not going to win the World Cup. We're not going to reach the semi-finals. Very, very unlikely we're going to reach the quarter-finals. And now that seems like an impossible dream anyway. So it was all about basically going out on a high with this team, and then we start anew after the World Cup. Now, where I kind of, you know, I get what people are saying is because there's an extremity in how unfit they are, which has surprised me, and it shouldn't have surprised me because of those three players, 
combined, they've played, they've had four starts since early September. They are, none of those three players are match fit at all. So it shouldn't have surprised me, but it has surprised me just how unfit they are, you know. They are rusty as hell. Like I said before, Aaron Ramsey just getting bypassed in midfield. Players are just strolling past him. He can't keep up. He's lasting like 99 minutes, but he, he, he can't, he hasn't got any kind of burst of energy. He's got no change of pace because he, he doesn't have it right now. He doesn't have that match sharpness. And the same goes for Bale, and the same will likely go for Joe Allen, who will likely start against England. So at what point do you think, well, you know, you can't just be wholly sentimental. There's still a World yeah. Cup to play for. There's still pride. There's still the yeah. world is the world's watching you, basically. Yeah. So my feeling is, you know, you start and this is what should have happened against the Ram. You start with those three, but you simply sub them off after seventy minutes. Yeah. You know, bring Andy Morell on or and over like and, and bit of energy and. Um, Brennan Johnson up front instead of um, Gareth Bale, for example. You know, just get some legs on there in the last 20 minutes. And then they can manage that 70 minutes. They know beforehand, okay, I, I don't have to run now for 99 minutes. I, I just have to run for 65 or 70. Um, so that is frustrating that he hasn't done that. But let's not take anything away from just how utterly poor we were against Iran and yeah. also how fucking cruel it was mate honest to god yeah you know what I, I, we'd said haven't we that it was going to happen at some point that these ridiculous yes. amounts of added yeah. time was going to was going to call was going to be decisive in a game and and I think obviously we, we saw that with, with Wales I, I can't imagine for well, we've, we've all seen the videos on social media of the, the fan parts of, of uh, in Wales of people watching it and just looking utterly crushed, and it's it's horrible. Like football does that to you, sport does that to you in a way that nothing else can, and it can just completely crush you in in an instant. And yeah, with on the on the Bale Ramsey sort of Allen thing, it's it, it must be tough. And I, I think I heard Rob Page talk about it in when when the squad news came out actually when he announced his squad for the tournament in saying that these are the guys who have got us here, it would be unfair not to take them. And and I get that in a sense, but then at the same time, it's like you say, it's it's a World Cup. It's been 50, 50 odd years since Wales have been there. And a difficult group, yes, a group that maybe Wales weren't expected to come out of, or certainly weren't favourites to win, but but also a competitive Wales with, with their full strength 11 picked on form and who are the correct players to pick for these matches. I think personally had every chance of, of getting out of this yeah, group. Yeah. Um, and whilst it would be harsh to the likes of Ramsey and, and Allen and these players to say, look, we, I mean, take them. Yes. But to say, look, we're not going to start yet. And I, you'd, I'd like to think that these players would, would sooner see success for the country than, than the personal pride of, of, well, no, I want to play and I'm Aaron Ramsey. So I've got to play, but it's, it couldn't have been a, a worse time, I suppose, for Wales to qualify for a World Cup. If you'd have got to the one in 2018, it would have been a, a different kettle of fish altogether. And and you've got these players in the pomp who who would naturally play. And then you get to this World Cup and you say, well, you had your run in 2018, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we'll take you. But let's be honest, there's better options available. So it's such a horrible situation to be in. Um, and, and I suppose it's one of them where if, if Wales did go and and leave Ramsey on the bench and play whoever in his place, and then they don't win games, and the same 
the same rule applies where people are going, well, you've got Aaron Ramsey on your bench and you're not playing him. Why aren't you playing him? So I suppose it was a poison chalice from the get-go for Rob Page. But um, yeah, I mean, getting there is unbelievable for Wales to get to a World Cup and have the success that they've had over the last the last decade has been has been incredible to see. Um, but yeah, it's just been a really a really sorry sort of turnout in Qatar so far. Thanks for listening to the first fifteen minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to ninety three twenty dot com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.